Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine and sponsored by Steer. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bellotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. Welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and today we have a great show lined up for you. Uh, our guest today will be Diane Rath with Alamo Area Council of Government, as well as STEER, which is South Texas Energy and Economic Roundtable's Vice President Chris Ashcraft, will join us today to talk about air quality and air quality issues in the greater South Texas area. Uh, but of course, we do have to bring on our resident energy expert and associate editor for Shell Magazine, David Blackman. David, how are you this week? Just wonderful. It's a beautiful day in Texas. You know, you're not kidding. From where we've been, it just seems like a couple of weeks ago, we were in this uh, frost that just wouldn't leave us. It was so cold and, you know, just adds to that whole global warming thing going on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what they tell me. Well, um, I want to jump into it because this is, you know, we had the uh, State of the Union with President Trump and uh, depending on, you know, uh, you know what you thought about his speech, uh, there was some things that were uh, pretty strange in my opinion. You know, oil and gas has really been a, a focal point for him for the whole entire year. And if you look at his cabinet, you know, Scott Pruitt and uh, Rick Perry from Texas. There's a lot of of uh, energy-related people that are in his cabinet. Um, Obviously, oil and gas is is important to him, but yet, in the State of the Union, he really didn't talk a lot about the energy industry. Now, is that, why do you think that's happening? Is it something that the industry should be worried about? No, and in fact, uh, if I I was in the industry, you know, working for one of these companies, I'd be just fine with it, to be honest with you. I Typically, what what happens is these these State of the Union messages are very political speech, and uh, there's a lot of lobbying behind the scene that goes on to get certain things included in it by industries and businesses and other special interests. And uh, you know, when a, when an industry like the coal industry, which is the only energy mentioned that was in the State of the Union address, was about the coal industry. Well, what's going on with the coal industry? It's a very hard economic times. It has been on the short end of the public policy stick for a decade now. And so uh, my guess is that the coal industry lobbied really hard to get that one sentence uh, into the State of the Union address. And I say that uh, from experience, uh, because when the natural gas industry was in dire straits in 2009, 2010, it looked like we were going to get left out of the cap and trade bill. Uh, Our trade associations in Washington lobbied very hard to get President Obama to say something nice about natural gas in the State of the Union address in 2010. And then we were successful in getting him to do that. He, he said not one but two sentences about natural gas, and we all celebrated. So uh, the public policy direction for the oil industry has been very positive over the last year. And I doubt anyone in Washington working for the oil and gas industry spent a minute worrying about what the president would say in that speech. So uh, <laughs> I think I think it was just fine. The short answer is I think it was just fine with everybody. Very interesting. Well, in, in other news, Exxon 
Exxon announced last week that they plan on tripling, that's with a T, tripling its production in the Permian Basin and investing over $50 billion, and yes, that's with the BBBBB, in the United States economy over the next five years. So while this is probably amazing news for Texas, what is driving this? Is it the new uh, regulation, the law, the, uh, the reform, tax reform? What, what, what's causing this, do you think? Yeah, I think a lot of it is tax reform. I, you know, Exxon, one of one of the features in the the new tax law is is this ability to repatriate foreign profits uh, at a much lower tax rate. You know, uh, tax rate was thirty five percent. Now you can do that for fifteen and a half percent. And Exxon operates in more than a hundred countries around around the world. And my my I suspect, and I've been told that uh, that particular provision of the tax law. Is driving a lot of this, and, and just plus, you know, other features in the new tax law that allow you to deduct capital costs in the year in which they're incurred, and uh, you know, just the lower corporate tax rate overall makes the United States not just for Exxon, but for everybody, a much more attractive place to invest in. So I, it doesn't. I don't think it should surprise anyone when you see Apple and and Boeing and all these other companies uh, making these announcements that they're going to refocus in the United States should not surprise anyone that the big oil companies are doing the same thing. Uh, there's an awful lot of resource here. The Permian Basin is where the best and most abundant resource is. And so, uh, I, you know, I, I was glad to see the announcement. I, I wasn't anticipating it, but it sure didn't surprise me when I saw it. Very, very interesting. Well, good times are ahead because, you know, <laughs> 2016 and 17, I'm sure there were a lot of people who would just prefer to forget those years altogether. Yep. And now we have a, 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 looks like a new year. And speaking of oil on the rise, it continues. And Goldman Sachs is now predicting that oil is heading towards $80 a barrel at the latter part of this year. Quite frankly, I, I'm not sure what to think about that. So what do you <laughs> think? <laughs> is this prediction, do you agree with the prediction? Okay, so yes, uh, I I actually do agree with that, with the qualifier that uh, OPEC and Russia continue their very strong compliance with their export limitation agreement, and that they extend that export limitation agreement through the rest of this year, in some form. And what what the Goldman Sachs projection is based on is incredibly high growth rate of demand for oil globally. Uh, the, the global economy continues to heat up and, you know, a growing economy needs more oil and natural gas uh, to fuel it. And so uh, demand is is growing much more rapidly than anyone projected. Uh, all the projections were ridiculous, frankly, from the IEA and other other places. And, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to probably have uh, close to two million barrel a day growth in global demand for oil this year. And, you know, when you look at that, uh, the United States is projected to increase production by six or 700,000 barrels of oil over the year. And so the market is essentially balanced. So uh, what Goldman's projecting is that, you know, we could have a deficit of oil supplies at some point later in the year, and that'll cause the price to go up. And I think that reasoning is extremely sound. In fact, uh, it's what I predicted at the first of the year. So I'm glad to see Goldman catching up. So... The majors who don't typically hedge are going to be okay, but what about the companies who hedge? Are they going to regret? I'm sure they are, but like 
80, are we at a point where, the, you know, we might be looking at, remember when oil was over $100 a barrel, it just went crazy. It was like the modern day gold rush. Are we heading back with even at 80? I mean, what does that look like at 80? Well, and of course, we got to remember that uh, Goldman's talking about the Brent price uh, with the international price at 80. So that would put West Texas Intermediate at about 75, given the current differential, um, which is about $10 higher than where it is now. So it's not like it's going, they're saying it's going to go up $30 or something. So hedges are, are put in place in order to, so companies can plan their business and to, you know, result in a predictable cash flow. And the hedges that were put in late last year were around $55 range. And, and that is a, a price at which these companies are profitable with their drilling projects. So that's the first thing. And they may, yes, they, they could potentially be losing out on some of the upside. Uh, but, you know, just because, I and, and Goldman and, and others are predicting the price to go up the rest of the year. You know, it could go down as well. <laughs> the oil markets are notoriously unpredictable. And so, you know, they're, they're hedging against uh, the potential for it to go below 55. Yeah. You know, at which point their cash flow would be decimated. The other thing about these hedges is they have a, they have a, a, a base price and they have an upper end price. And if the price goes higher than that, so let's say, well, it's a $55 hedge, but your cap price might be 65, at which point you get to benefit from the higher price above that, right? So if it does go to 75 for WTI, you know, those companies are still going to benefit to the extent it's above whatever their, their ceiling price is in their hedge. So that's kind of hard to describe on the radio, but, but it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily prevent a company from benefiting for a real run-up in prices. Okay. Well, I guess that they they have been in this game for a very long time, so they definitely know how to play it. Um, and we are here just trying to learn, which is why the Oil Patch Radio Show is here. But that is a wrap for this week, David. And next week, look forward to having you back on the show when we can talk about a lot more interesting topics, of course, involving oil and gas and politics. Until then, until next week, have a good week. I look forward to it. Thank you. With that, we do have to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. You know, great companies take great care of their employees. Ensure the well-being of your workforce with Baptist Healthy Solutions, your answer to convenient and affordable health care that comes to you. Our mobile health unit delivers on-site, state-of-the-art, comprehensive care that keeps your employees healthy from the day they're hired till the day they retire. From pre-employment screenings to routine immunizations to on-site injury care and more, trust Baptist Healthy Solutions with your workforce health care needs. Health care that comes to you. Call 866-334-2485. Again, that's 1-866-334-2485. PISA is the Petroleum Equipment and Services Association who is the unified voice for the energy industry's service, supply, and manufacturing organizations advocating and supporting continued achievements in job creation, technological innovation, and economic stability. PISA provides corporate membership opportunities in two categories, industry and allied. Over the years, a lot of amazing companies have become members of PISA, but don't take my word for it. Click on the directory on their website and see for yourself. In order to become a member of PISA, all you need to do is go to PESA.org, click on the membership tab, and fill out an application. Once again, that's PESA.org. 
The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. Thousands of women are breaking ground in energy industry careers every year, and 4,000 of them are already members of the Women's Energy Network across our 14 chapters. Members receive exclusive access to mentoring, job boards, group discussions, member-only networking events, expert speaking engagements, and more. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. The Women's Energy Network, empowering women in energy. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Diane Rath, the Executive Director for ACOG, better known as Alamo Area Council of Governments, as well as Chris Ashcraft, who is the Vice President of South Texas Energy and Economic Roundtable. Welcome to the show, Diane and Chris. Thank you for having us. Thank you. It's great to be on with you today. You know, I was really excited to bring you both on because everyone knows and has heard about air quality and the ozone, and everybody is is aware, but it, maybe it doesn't quite fit in on uh, on everyone's scale about how this affects them and how it impacts them. And 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 obviously, some of the things that the community and uh, great companies uh, like the Alamo Area Council of Government and STEER are doing to try to help control the air quality and bring us the very best air we have since we know it affects us all. Diane, I want to start with you as the executive director for the Alamo Area Council of Governments. Tell me a little bit about uh, what you do, what does uh, ACOG, what is their responsibility? I really appreciate the opportunity to share what we have been doing locally and also to recognize what Houston has done through the last 20 years in improving their air. As you know, the reason we focus on air quality and the level in our area of ozone is because of the Clear Air Act, and it's designed to improve the health of the local economy. Uh, particularly for your vulnerable populations, for your aging or your very young folks, what's in the air can really impact their health. In San Antonio, our primary issue is the level of ozone in our air, and we have been working very hard through our public-private partnerships for the last 20 years to really improve our air quality. We are very, very proud that we are the largest region in the country that is still in attainment with the ozone standards. And that has proven to be a tremendous advantage to us for our economic development and also the health of our population. So looking at what the public-private communities have done has succeeded in driving our ozone levels done down significantly over the past 20 years. And now, the significance of this is December 22nd, our governor, Governor Abbott, received a letter specifically that San Antonio had 
uh, will continue to be entertainment versus other large metropolitan cities such as Houston and the Dallas Fort Worth area were not in attainment for uh, with with the stricter government federal guidelines for air quality that had uh, come under the Obama administration. I want to ask specifically, what does that mean uh, in the way of the different cities? Like, since San Antonio is an attainment and Dallas and Houston are not, what are the differences that these cities experience by being an attainment and not being an attainment? I know there's an air quality issue, obviously, but business-wise and community-wise, how does it impact the different cities? It's a tremendous impact on the cities. And let me just clarify a little bit. Um, the EPA in their December 22nd rule uh, stated which counties in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and the Houston-Galveston area will continue to be in non-attainment. They've been in non-attainment for the past 20 years. Uh, in, in the November letter, they had listed all the counties that were in attainment. At this time, Bear County has no pending designation, and the governor has until the end of February to submit additional information to support his recommendation to the EPA that the San Antonio region be unclassifiable or in attainment because of what is unique about our situation and uh, our, our community happening here. Uh, but what's so very important about your designation is the impact it has on your economic development. The only reason the Toyota plant even looked at San Antonio in the early 2000s was because we were in attainment. Other parts of Texas that were very attractive to them were not in attainment. And if you're a manufacturing facility, particularly if you have paint, uh, the offsets required to build or expand a facility is significant. Uh, the goal is to improve air quality. So if you're going to bring in a new business, they have to find some place in that community to offset what the emissions they're going to be putting in an area. So our whole economy in San Antonio has radically changed since 2003 because of Toyota and the tremendous growth in our manufacturing. And we've done that while continuing to prove air quality. Our ozone levels in about 0203 were at 92 parts per billion. Over the last year, we had dropped that to 73 parts per billion, despite this region adding over a million people in population. So a tremendous improvement while we were able to continue growing this economy. Well, you know, in the other side of the coin, Diane, is the consumer side in which uh, if you're not in attainment, things get higher. Uh, gasoline, inspections, uh, you know, when you can mow your lawn and even dry cleaning and barbecuing. Every time I go to Houston, I'm aware of how much more your gas costs. Yes, but, you know, it's it's also looking at uh, we have an office in Las Vegas, and out there they have strict smog control as well. Their vehicles are uh, for registration is about $500 a year because they have to go through all these smog regulations and their cars are tested. So there's a lot of 
at stake even on the consumer side as well. Absolutely, because I think, it, and, and I don't mean to interrupt, but I think it's very important that each individual realizes when you go into non-attainment, there is a real cost you're going to be paying. Your registration is more expensive. Uh, if you have uh, emissions testing of your vehicle, that's more expensive. The special blend of gasoline is more expensive. Uh, the procedures, if you go into moderate attainment, that dry cleaners and different industries go through will run the price up. So individuals, depending upon this, your air quality status, can really have an economic uh, impact, not just businesses. So you raise a great point. Very good. Well, Diane, with that, we do have to take a quick break, and you are listening to in the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Have you heard of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, the largest state association in the country? 87 years strong, serving independents, and it's right here in Texas. Offices in Houston, Austin, and Wichita Falls. Over 3,000 members of all ages like you who are in the oil and gas industry or who have family members and friends who are. Company members range from one employee to large independents. Lobbying, networking events, and saving you money. For a membership tailored just to fit your budget, contact Sandy Simon at S-A-N-D-I-S at TexasAlliance.org or call 281-997-7223. That's 281-997-7223. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Diane Rath, the Executive Director of ACOG, and Chris Ashcraft, the Vice President of STEER. Diane, before the break, we were discussing how uh, air quality, environmental issues pertaining to air quality are so important to us all, rather you're a business or an individual and how it directly impacts us all. And you guys have been working with some partnerships in place that have made ACOG, uh, you know, a, a, an extremely important organization to be working with and collaborating. Tell me a little bit about why it is so unusual the work that you guys are doing and and also the partnerships that you guys have in place. I think it is important to mention that one of the very unique situations affecting our region is we only produce 32% of the ozone that's measured here locally. Uh, a third of it is foreign transport, comes from outside this region, outside the country. It's international transport. And about a third comes from other areas of the state or the uh, country. We have a lot from the Midwest that blows down here and a lot from other Texas communities that blow into here. So only producing 32% means that's all we can uh, affect. So coming together and the, what's been implemented at the airport and doing away with some of the gas equipment there. Uh, our city public service, which is our municipally owned utility in San Antonio, has closed down uh, one of our largest power producing plants early uh, to get away with the old technology of the coal burning. 
Uh, they've made significant financial investments in our new power plants to bring the most up-to-date technology into that facility. And our city transit agency has uh, implemented a plan to have all natural gas powered vehicles. In fact, we'll have the largest natural gas fueling station in the country this year. So tremendous investment from the public sector. The private sector is also doing that. You know, uh, it's a misunderstanding that the oil and gas industry really impacts our air. They only contribute 0.4% to our ozone levels. And yet with that, they have truly invested in technology to capture and to minimize any products that they're releasing. Our cement industry has taken great investments to decrease what they're emitting and to really reuse a lot of the products and repurpose what they're creating. So a wonderful partnership, and that's resulted in our being the largest area that is still in attainment. And very importantly and uniquely, the only area in the country that, as of this date, does not have a designation. Well, you know, Diane, you bring up a great point because a couple of years back, uh, I do remember that there was some reports media-wise that kind of was discussing that Eagle Ford was part of of a problem with the air quality. And, And while that was not necessarily so in the sense, it seems like you guys have all gone light years ahead in, in, in looking at the air quality and understanding the air quality better. And uh, so I want to bring on Chris Ashcraft, who is the vice president of STEER. Uh, Chris, can you talk to me a little bit about why did STEER and the oil and gas industry get involved in the air quality discussion and improve programs in San Antonio? Um, but first, I want to just have you briefly tell me a little bit about who are, what is STEER and who are your members? Well, first, Kim, I just want to thank you so much for providing a platform for Steer and our oil and gas industry to come and communicate about who we are and what we do and what our impact is on the region and why it's important to have this dialogue. As one of the leading industries in our country and in our community, it's important for us to communicate to the members of our community. I mean, if you don't know, if you don't have information, it's hard to make an informed choice and it's our responsibility as an industry to, to speak to people and to, and to listen to them and, and to believe in their concerns and to educate what those facts are. Uh, Steer, Steer was formed at the time about five years ago by the 11 largest oil and gas operators down in South Texas. Uh, they, they formed Steer because what they wanted more than anything is a bridge between industry and communities where people in those communities could learn more about our industry, what our impacts are, uh, positive. That, that, in essence, is what STEER is all about. Well, you know, one of the biggest, I think, problems is a perception. Perception that oil and gas is the largest uh, polluter, if you will, in the air um, pertaining to oil and gas, and that this is the biggest problem that we have. When we return from break, I really want to get into the nuts and bolts because in a very big way that's not so. So I want to get back into that when we return. But you are listening to and the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Farmers and ranchers are the hardest working people on earth and deserve a side-by-side vehicle that works just as hard. That's why Yamaha makes the Viking an all-new Viking 6, the world's first true 3- and 6-person UTVs assembled in America. 
Ranked number one in drivetrain durability, Viking outworks and outclasses the competition in features, comfort, and off-road capability. For more, visit YamahaViking.com. Most dependable claim based on a 2013 Yamaha Source side-by-side -side owner study. Oil Field Experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil field equipment needs. Specializing in hard-to-find oil field parts for your fleet maintenance needs, Oil Field Experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oil Field Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. Thousands of women are breaking ground in energy industry careers every year, and 4,000 of them are already members of the Women's Energy Network across our 14 chapters. Members receive exclusive access to mentoring, job boards, group discussions, member-only networking events, expert speaking engagements, and more. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. The Women's Energy Network, empowering women in energy. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Diane Rath, the Executive Director for ACOG, and Chris Ashcraft, the Vice President of STEER. And Chris, I want to come back to you because before the break, we were discussing how oil and gas, which is primarily your membership base, has been viewed as the largest participants of, of having a lot of air quality issues. And yet, in saying that, that's not necessarily the case. As a matter of fact, operators are, quite frankly, some of the smallest participators. And the type of technology that you guys are investing in, these operators are truly uh, mindful of the air quality situation as well as just looking at natural resources. I want to bring you back on and, and, and talk to me a little bit about how the oil and gas is reducing emissions uh, associated with uh, your operators. Oh, great. And, and in order to tackle that, I want to say why we got involved in it. Uh, Deer represents the largest operators throughout South Texas and the Eagle Ford. And, you know, we all live and work in these communities. Our family members breathe this air. And it's essential that we all have a role in air quality. Uh, we, we can't improve air quality unless we're all having an honest and frank discussion about what our impacts are, uh, the education around it, and, and what our role is in those communities. And our industry is made up of the, the best technical experts in the world, from environmental scientists to engineers. So we really understand this issue. And ACOG has provided a platform where we can provide and open up all of our data on emissions and what our equipment is producing, where they can research and model this data. And with that data, 
we can really understand where those emission sources are coming from and what makes the most sense to target. And, and that's why we form those partnerships. Uh, so in, in order to, to better do that, some of the technologies and, and other programs we're implementing now are things like uh, flare cameras or forward-looking infrared cameras and LDAR leak detection and repair programs where we can see these emission sources from our equipment that, that we couldn't see with our own naked eye. And, and by doing this, we are, we're able to quickly identify equipment that malfunctions, understand when it does, uh, and, and make those changes quickly and put in uh, programs for when those uh, equipment will be maintained regularly. And it's reducing emissions by up to 90% in many cases. Uh, and additionally, we're automating a, a lot of this equipment now. So it's constantly being monitored. We're able to see when those emissions are occurring and we can quickly uh, fix that equipment. Uh, and th this is leading to major reductions in emissions uh, and implementation of new technologies. We're going away from sta standard tank batteries to commingled allocation separators. So there's a lot less connections. There's a lot less truck traffic, smaller footprint. Uh, it reduces the chances of spills. We're, we're partnering with other groups like the Environmental Defense Fund on methane leak detection programs where we can uh, instantly detect when these emissions are coming out and find out how to better uh, reduce those emissions. And then, of course, as, as Diane alluded to before, the actual impact of fracking and oil and gas itself. We're releasing this incredible resource of natural gas never seen before, and we're able to be taking off these old coal power plants and switching them over to natural gas uh, power. And our largest generator of emissions in, in the United States and in our communities is power generation. And we're blessed to live in a region with a great energy utility like CPS Energy that's progressive and, and, and a bus transit agency like VIA where they're pulling offline these dirtier, older forms of fuel and replacing it with clean natural gas. And this is where all the reductions in the emissions in the United States are coming from and our community. It's uh, switching over to clean, cleaner fuels like this that reduce methane, reduce CO2, reduce uh, ozone pollutants. And that's all because of fracking. Now, here's a thought. Who would believe that it is the actual oil and gas industry itself that is actually cleaning a lot and investing in technology, cleaning the air, investing in technology absolutely necessary to reduce this? And is this more than likely the only industry that's probably really taking advantage of doing this? Um, it's a strange thought, but it appears as that's exactly what's happening. I want to get back to Diane and ask her about, so we know that STEER is heavily involved. STEER has a lot of the major operators that are drilling in the Eagle Ford in South Texas, but there are other partners outside of oil and gas. Diane, let's talk a little bit about who are some of these other volunteer partners that are coming forward to try to help get a handle on our air quality. You know, in our region, uh, historically, the largest source of ozone pollution used to be on roads, so it was vehicles. But that technology has improved so significantly that now our largest source of pollutants, as Chris said, is a point source. So cement factories, power generators, those types of specific equipment. And the cement and concrete industry has really stepped forward this year in a great partnership, both to participate in our work groups and task force, and also as did STEER with financial support. So we're very grateful to their state association and to our four local 
cement manufacturers in this region. Uh, they've been great partners, sharing information, helping us understand their business, and really providing data to us so we can properly monitor what's going on. And uh, it's very good to see the future and what is improving. Now, in San Antonio, we have one uh, energy source, a city public service energy for San Antonio, and it it basically powers our city. And they have also come to the table with helping to support um, and utilizing more cleaner ways as well, like changing out uh, their vehicles and um, in the city of San Antonio with moving towards natural gas, which will burn cleaner than uh, the old ways of um, diesel. But when we return, I want to get back into, um, are there any initiatives that are specifically coming from CPS Energy itself? And are they a model that uh, other utility companies can look at. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Oil field experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Diane Rath, who is the Executive Director with AGCOG and Vice President of Steer, Chris Ashcraft. Uh, Diane, before the break, I wanted to talk a little bit about CPS Energy. They are the utility company for the San Antonio area, metropolitan area. And um, tell me a little bit about some of the work that they've been doing, some of the initiatives, and why uh, CPS is doing a great job. CPS is a wonderful partner. Uh, We in San Antonio have one uh, source of electrical power, and that's our municipally owned city public service. And they have embraced the different avenues that are available to them. We talked a little bit about what they're doing with closing down the older, dirty coal burning plants, investing in technology to take advantage of compressed natural gas. Uh, but also, they've really looked at a diversified portfolio, including solar farms. So we have a tremendous amount of our power, about 25% that is solar energy, embracing wind energy. So it's a very diversified source, which will help make us not reliant on one and really spread that around, which truly helps our air dramatically. Uh, They've been great partners at really also educating the community, at offering some very economical uh, plans to allow individuals to put solar panels on their homes. Most of our high schools have got solar panels wherever possible. Uh, we have solar fields. They're doing a great partnership with JBSA, looking at helping the largest base in the entire Department of Defense to be more economical and use less energy. Uh, so a wide range and a very diversified approach to conserving energy and cleaning our air. Very good. Now, we do know that oil and gas has truly been a critical component of reducing emissions in our daily life. But Chris, what can Texans do? Can we do things uh, independently ourselves to try to improve uh, our good air quality? Great. And first, I want to really thank ACOG and the Alamo Area Council of Governments for their leadership because what they do is they bring people together uh, no matter what their background and provide a table where we can all have an honest conversation about our impacts 
and they can do the science and modeling around that so that we can attack those issues. But they also provide this community uh, component where they're going out in these communities and educating the public. And I encourage all the listeners that, that go to ACOG's website or over out in Houston uh, to the, their council of governments as well to learn about what they can do in their daily lives to make reductions to emissions, whether it's carpooling programs, uh, what hour of the day they, they drive back and forth to work, uh, having lunch at their office. And a lot of our oil industry uh, participates in, in many of these programs. And uh, then also just to think about oil and gas and how it really has a role in all forms of energy, whether it's solar, wind, or, or whatever it is. Uh, uh, oil and gas makes all these products. We're crucial to the supply chain for these products. So in a sense, it's our unleashing of our oil and gas technology through modern-day fracking that is making all these other forms of energy possible for this great and diverse uh, energy economy that makes us all more secure, all more safe, and, and just to have a better lives as a whole. And that's all oil and gas. I, w- I want to get people out of the mindset of just thinking about it as a hydrocarbon that we burn. It, it's used to make everything. It, it plays a crucial part in our lives from medications to food to, to entertainment. It is essential to everything. Well, you know, Chris, you bring up a good point, which is why we wanted to create in the Oil Patch Radio Show to begin with. You know, when we realized how how much we relied on energy, oil and gas specifically, and how it really drives every other sector. Kim, I do want to say one thing. I want to thank you for saying that because I feel our industry, we need to stand up and be proud of our role in this world and what we do for this country. This is why America is leading uh, in so many areas, especially in our economy, and, and our workers should be proud of who they are and, and what they bring. Uh, we, we truly are making this a better place. We're improving health. We're improving the air quality. We're improving the daily lives of all of our citizens here, and that's because of us. And we we need to recognize what all those impacts are. So thank you for saying that. Well. That is our job, is to help the community understand better of how oil and gas really impacts their lives in a much better way, not to mention the fact of the amount of tax base that Texans receive from this uh, energy sector as well. But air quality and water conservation, they're all important, and we really, truly, as a community, can come together when we have organizations like the council area of governments work together as partners to bring forth information and work together on by the way i want to remind everybody a volunteer basis this is when we can really make a difference diane rath chris ashcraft thank you guys for coming on the show today you both have been very insightful to the amazing work that's going on in the alamo area of council of government as well as steer Thank you both for being on the show. We look forward to you guys coming back and giving us an update on how we have been doing here in 2018 with making some of these air quality improvements. Thank you so much, Kim, and thank you, Diane, for allowing us to participate in this conversation. We we really appreciate it. Kim, we really appreciate the opportunity to share the benefits of a private-public partnership and what can be accomplished working together. And Chris, thank you and thank the oil industry for all you do. The supreme irony is that when we look at transitioning to hybrid vehicles and electric vehicles, they're powered by electricity. And look at the impact natural gas has in truly improving our air as we move forward. So thank y'all both. Diane, before we leave, can you tell us if if anyone wants to learn more about the uh, air quality impact study or more information on AGCOG, is there a website they can go to to get more information on today's topic? 
Absolutely. We have all of our information on our website, uh, which is ACOG.com, and we look forward to their joining us and uh, in reviewing the information we have there, and we'd welcome any additional inquiries that might come. Well, there you have it, folks. Another great show. More information on air quality, you can go to ACOG. That's A-A-C-O-G.com. Again, that's A-A-C-O-G.com. Thank you both for being on the show, and congratulations, because you guys get to be the topic of today's trivia question. Hey, be the first person to email the correct answer to this trivia question to radio at shellmag.com. Again, that's radio at shale, S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. And you could win yourself a $100 gift certificate to Fogo de Chao, an amazing Brazilian steakhouse. Today's trivia question is, what agency does Diane Raff work for? Remember, be the first person to email the correct answer to radio at shellmag.com and you will win yourself a $100 gift certificate to Fogo de Chao, the Brazilian Steakhouse. Well, that's all the time we have for this show, but be sure to like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash in the oil patch radio show or follow us on Twitter at shellmag. And that is all the time that we have for today's show. But if you are interested in keeping up with In the Oil Patch Radio Show or the latest issue of Shell Magazine, you can do that. It's free. All you have to do is go to www.shellmag.com. Again, that's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com and sign up for our free newsletter. Be sure to like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash In the Oil Patch Radio Show or follow us on Twitter at ShellMag. That is going to wrap up another great show. We'll see you next week with more exciting news and insightful interviews. Until then, adios. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.